0: Uh, because most of you have similarities to me. You won't hear or remember or take in everything I'm about to say. I'm a realist. But I do trust and believe that there'll be certain things that you, you do get and you do retain to the point of processing so that you might get the benefit of what God is saying to us at this time. I'm going to talk about vision. Um, I did come across uh, in our teaching stuff the uh, a written piece on that. Um, and if you'd like a copy, it's not exactly what I'm saying this morning, but if you'd like a copy, if you just see the stewards at the end, they, there is a number of copies been prepared for you to pick up if you'd like something in writing. So I want to talk about vision and uh, in order to talk about that, we have to define it. But what I'm looking for is two things. One, that you'll understand the importance. In fact, this is the bit you really want to get hold of. That's why I'm going to say it now at the beginning before you might doze off or whatever you do. Uh, it's, important you un- it's important that you understand how critical it is. It's really necessary to have it. And the second part is, um, do I need more vision, or an adjustment in the vision I've got. So really, that's it. It's pretty simple. Did you get that? Who thinks they got it? Well, let's have a little practice. Two points. Turn to somebody and say what I just said. The two points. Who, who felt they did well at that? Three. Good. Who would like me to say it again? One. Right. Praise God we don't live in a democracy. (laughs) Not here, not in the kingdom of God. Yes, how important vision is, and do I need more, or does what I've got need adjusting? The other two things. All right, so we define it as a compelling picture of a preferable future that we view from where we are now. A compelling picture of a preferable future viewed from where I am right now. Now, when we talk about vision, we largely talk about how God wants us to be rather than what we are aiming to do. It's not unimportant what we're doing, but how we are is far more important. We're talking about quality, never quantity. We've never yet defined the future in terms of numbers of people or numbers of... uh, groups or anything like that, and I don't trust that we ever will. When I was thinking about this, you know, I mean, those of you that have been around for a while, you know that sometimes my mind has a... it wanders in certain ways. And when I thought about this, I don't know how relevant it is, but I remember that old saying, two men looked out of prison bars, one saw mud and the other saw stars. And when I was thinking about, it, did you remember that? <laughs> uh, I thought, yeah, what's the difference? The difference is vision. The view is no different. Vision. Now, vision can be distant, uh, seemingly far-fetched. I like the, uh, the leader of the council, Darren Rodwell, he is a man of vision. And as a man of vision, he's brought significant things into this borough that I don't think otherwise would have happened. But, you know, when he was talking to me about uh, his vision for seeing the A13 tunnelled right through uh, Barking, Dagnum, and uh, as a result of that, it would leave space and there were umpteen thousand houses that were going to be put up, I thought, that's a great vision. But it kind of feels a very distant thing I was kind of slightly sobered when I'd heard he'd just come back from China, where they're looking to see what help and input they could get in the fulfilling of that. Hmm. It's one thing to have a distant vision, and it's a good thing to have what seems a far-fetched vision, but to actually be in a position of taking steps towards it. We have a vision. We constantly quote it. Blessed are they whose heart is set on pilgrimage. That's our vision. Never to stand still, never to stop, never to stop learning. Uh, But of course that goes on to say, uh, whose goal, I mean this is my paraphrasing, whose objective is to stand before God in Zion. Now that's not a place, that's a presence. The objective that we have is to come closer to him and to reflect more of what he's like. It's actually wonderfully simple. That's why it kind of fits well with me because it's pretty down-to-earth, basic, straightforward and simple that we might become more like him. You see, Adam, uh, sorry, Abraham looked to a city and builder whose maker is God. There's something beyond where we are at the present that we're looking out beyond. That's... That's the issue of vision, the ability to see beyond ourselves. It's interesting, the story we often refer to, because it's so meaningful, the parable that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan. There you see somebody with a vision that had an immediate application. But you see, the context of that vision was, it wasn't the priest or or the uh, religious leader uh, that had the necessary vision. It was the Samaritan, the one that wasn't really recognised, had the vision beyond himself. The others were looking for what was for them or what was their area or what was their duty or what would look after themselves. The point that he's making here, because he's answering the story of who is it should we love, the person that we have set in front of us, the opportunity that God gives us. And he's saying, here's somebody who had sufficient vision beyond themselves to look out for somebody else. The ability to see beyond ourselves. So it can be a distant thing. Jesus, who for the joy set before him, he's looking at something into the future, endured the cross, did what he needed to do for us. We live in the benefit of what he did. We've been looking at that this morning. Or it can be, let's use the same person, Jesus with a vision on the close-up. He saw something in those disciples. He chose them first that they should be with him. What did he see? He saw something beyond the fact that they were uh, unregenerate, disputing, self-seeking, people of low position and, and education and all those things. He saw something beyond what was obvious. See, vision is about that ability to see something beyond. See beyond the facts. Of course, the facts stared him in the face as far as the disciples were concerned. How about this? I was partying last night. I didn't go to bed. I'm wearing some of the same clothes I was last night. (laughs) They're all facts. But why is that conjuring up in your head? Why is it that you're thinking, should we get onto the leadership, there's something going seriously wrong here? See, seeing beyond the facts, that's got you wondering what I was doing, is not it? I was preparing my heart to meet with you today. See, vision takes us beyond. We're not limited to what is, or what must be, what says. We're looking at something beyond. Now, we need... And constantly we need to be renewed, refreshed, adjusted, and developed in this issue of vision. I'm repeating my first point, okay? Because I really want you to get hold and respond to that. How, wh- wh- where do you have vision? Well, I think Phil prayed this or said something about this. <clears throat> you can, husbands can have vision for their wives. In fact, you have to have Parents can have vision for their children. In fact, there's no limit as God gives us opportunity in life to interact with different people. You have a vision for your next-door neighbour. Seeing something which somehow is birthed by God to take us beyond where we are, what we see with the natural eyes. God calls us to be a people of sightedness of people of vision. Sometimes that needs adjusting. We get overly focused on, on an aspect of vision which is not the same as just exactly what God wants. That's why I'm saying, are we open to see adjustment in vision? I also want us to understand that we can have all great vision, according to what the Bible says, But if we don't have, what? Love. If we don't have that, it frankly counts for nothing. So nothing of what we're looking at, nothing of what we're developing into, if it's not accompanied, if it's not based, if it's not compassion-driven, is of any, any value. So it's very necessary. Proverbs 29, verse 18, tells us that where there is no vision... People cast off restraint. In the message version it says people just end up stumbling over themselves. You know, without a sense of vision, you can't really progress God's way. And the great danger is that we end up doing things rather than going somewhere. And that's not what God calls us to. So it's vital and important. Uh, Elspeth's father was down over Christmas. I was ha- having some time with, with him, with Greg and his wife. And he's been uh, now not based in a, particular, in a particular church. He's been going around different places. And he said the thing that has really struck him, really concerned him, is the very thing I'm talking about, the lack of vision. And see, without the lack of vision you very quickly end up doing things because that's what you do. Doing things which are not actually leading in a particular direction. Just in fact like the message version says, you sort of stumble all over yourselves. We see it in the stories of the Bible. The children of Israel lost vision. What happened? They wandered aimlessly in the desert for 40 years. Frankly, I don't want to be wandering aimlessly anywhere. You know, you get to a certain point, uh, you know, when you're over 21, where you think, I don't want to spend too much of my remaining time wandering aimlessly. But to have purpose, you have to have vision. Vision is best when it comes from God, it helps us to look forward, not just rest here. It's a great danger. Another thing he said to me is that one of the big dangers he's seeing, and I'm sure that he's right in this, is just settling down. That people who once were on the move just settled down, just settled for what is. Well, vision helps us to keep moving forward, to keep accurate to Psalm 84, blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. When I was looking at this... Um, I recognise that vision helps us to look forward, not just to look back. Isn't it good to look back? Haven't we enjoyed it this week? I've enjoyed it. Haven't you enjoyed this time of praying together and thankfulness? Wow. Times of touching God. And to look back and to glorify God in what he's, what he's doing. And, and it's just a myriad of things that he's doing amongst us. But I don't want to spend... I always want to be thankful. I always want to be able to draw up about the goodness of God but I don't want to be in a place where I've got nothing in the present or nothing in the future, and all I can do is look back. I bless my parents. They, they were faithful to the vision they had. But I grew up as a kid, and the only thing I heard was the great days of the past, how it used to be. And they can talk about the George and Stephen Jeffreys Crusades and the miracles of healing. You know, when God brought me to Himself, one of the major things that happened was I got a book. It was not actually around in this country at the time. Somebody from America gave it to me, called *The Cross and the Switchblade*. And I thought, wow, I've only ever heard stories of the past. This is what God was bringing me to Himself. I'm saying, in a real world, in a real world. It somehow switched on something that wasn't just about looking back. It was looking to what is really happening. And then I was reading, looking at different scriptures, and I was reading about Paul. Do you know, uh, I'm, you've probably done this as he got that call to Macedonia, but he'd been trying all over the place. Uh, he'd been here, he'd been there, been trying to go here, been trying to go there. You it, got the impression that he was kind of, hmm, you know, oh, yeah, well maybe, I don't know, perhaps. And then he gets this vision. And, of course, it then leads him to this major uh, missionary journey uh, that was so significant. And so much of what we live in today comes out of what he was able to, to give in those times. So vision leads to living in reality and delivers us from religion just doing things because we do things. It leads us to truth, not being stuck in tradition. It leads us to love and not law, because we understand that as we see him and see what he wants, we we comprehend that there needs to be something other than just, well, these are the things we do, and this is the way we do it. There has to be something generated from within. Love, not law. I... Live by the grace of God with a, a kind of frustration. I never want this particular frustration to change. You would probably identify with it. I have more in my heart to do than I can possibly do. I would never want it to be otherwise. Think about it. The opposite of that is I'm doing things that are not in my heart to do. That's not God's way. When God... delivers and enables and opens our eyes for vision. There's always more in our heart than we can ever do. That's why, let's be real, let's be honest, we enjoy our community. We enjoy seeing God at work. We enjoy worship. We enjoy the friendship. We enjoy the love of God that flows from one to another. At the same time, let's be clear, we're not here for the experience. We're not here for some form of self-centred blessing. We're not interested in just fellowship for a kind of comfortable involvement. That's not us. We're not interested in just being made to feel good. But we recognise that we're called of God to be involved in battle, to be involved in moving forward in the purpose of God. We're together for territory, not just for identity. We're together to take ground. We're together to fulfill the purpose of the living God. Does anybody agree? Oh, I like it when you agree. Yes. Here to advance. Here to move forward. Here to have something before us that we're reaching for and transforms how we operate in the now. If I have vision that enables me to know something of the love of God and the power of God, I cannot walk past on the other side. I'm going to be in the role of the good Samaritan. doesn't always look impressive, but we're not really concerned with that. Let's face it, when the different ones came to David in the cave, you remember the story of the different ones coming, the mighty men coming... He didn't look very impressive. He looked fairly defeated. He was sort of hiding on the run. It's not about what looks impressive. It's about what God is saying, what God is doing. About God giving us vision. So, the kind of defining it. What's the effect? All right, this is good. The effect, and we often turn to Jeremiah 29 for this. Do you remember the story of the false prophet that said to the people, uh, the things they wanted to hear. Look, don't worry, you're going to be out of here soon. Escape is on the way. You don't need to worry about anything here. Uh, I grew up under that doctrine. Um, and, uh, you know, don't, don't get involved in anything because Jesus is coming soon. Well, I believe he is, but that's not the doctrine. That's not what he says. And the, the prophet came along, the prophet of God came along with the correct message and says... Uh, actually, um, this is what God says. Uh, Now, it's not the exact words, but love where you live fits it pretty well. Yeah? Love where you live. Actually, seek to do good. Seek to show what I'm like. Operate demonstrating me in the world where I place you. So we focus, not on escape, how can we get out of here, how soon can we get, but on impact. What is it that God's given us to do? Oh, thank God, we've not just got to sit down and try and be good and wait for some trumpet to sound or something like whatever else it's, you know. I think that's utterly boring. How miserable just to wait to die or to Jesus comes when he's giving us and setting before us a purpose, sharing his heart with us so that we might be in vision. Of course, it does affect your life. And... uh, When God showed me, just talking for myself, when he showed me um, what it could be, how we could demonstrate what he's like by the way we relate to one another, by loving one another, by community, by operating in such a way, that has kept me in a certain direction. Uh, I think it was... Tim was saying to me, um, or Bonnie, they just read Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness. Now, some of you, although you're under 40, um, because that's the joy of being part of this community, you can always be under 40. uh, Remember that. Always under 40. Happy birthday, but under 40, all right? Love, Acceptance, Forgiveness. And over many weeks, God spoke to me through that. (coughs) Then people have come along and said, you know, we've noticed that you, you have many times got sort of, uh, you've tried to build relationally and it hasn't worked. And, and you've got betrayed. And... But somebody else once said to me, and this is the truth, that what you suffer for, you become more passionate for. And I would say today, I'm more convinced... I've seen something. We together have seen something. Seen what it is when, when brethren dwell together in unity. Seen what it is Then all men will know you're my disciples if you love one another. And we constantly work and look and look for God's grace because we've seen something that we're going for irrespective of the hiccups or the trip-ups along the way. Vision has a very life-transforming effect, the ability to see beyond the apparent. Look at the story in, uh, of, uh, in Joshua, of Jericho being uh, impenetrable. Um, see, isn't that an amazing story? And we heard that uh, spoken word this week. It was so good that uh, Mark brought one, one of the knights um, and if you want that, he can make that available to you. You want to listen to that again. I know a number of you have said that. But th- th- it was factually and actually impenetrable, and everybody believed it was impenetrable. The only people who didn't believe were those that were inside, and uh, and then the woman that was helping the spies said, you know, really, we're, we're really very, very... Frightened about what's going to happen. But you see, vision takes us beyond the factual and what's possible and what isn't possible into what God wants. And of course, we all, many of us know the story. They did some weird things, just things that God gave them to do, things which don't really satisfy the logical mind, march round and then blow trumpets and blah, blah and carry on. And then in they go. God's way. God's way. See, vision says, if God says it, it has to happen. Irrespective of whatever the the apparent facts may be, the ability to see beyond. In fact, thinking beyond the fact of the walls of Jericho, vision always breaks down boundaries. I mean, whether we call it a, a border or a barrier or a limitation... 1 Chronicles 14 talks about God of the breakthrough, Baal You See, God is the one who breaks barriers. There, there is no limitation, there's nothing that can't. And catching God's heart, catching God's mind, living in that sense of, of the vision and purpose of God actually takes us beyond being uh, fobbed off with, with apparent problems, issues, and barriers even in the natural. When you think of the story of Walt Disney and uh, uh, seeing all that swampland that was of no value for anybody, uh, and nobody wanted it there in Florida. And if any of you have been there, this amazing complex that that has stood and developed over the years, because one man had a vision for something that just, for everybody else, was pointless and valueless. Even in the natural, vision is very significant, as those theme parks will declare. Vision helps to embrace hardship. Oh, well, it's very hard. Hebrews 12, who for the joy set before the vision that he had was, was the, the very, very, very big difference. Mm, well, I, I just get tired and life is too hard and helps us to embrace hardship. Who ever said, where does it say, uh, follow Jesus and it'll be easy? Huh? doesn't, does it? Where does it say, and you shall overcome? Yeah? Overcoming never was a promise of an easy ride. If you want an easy ride, don't join up, you know? <laughs> this, is not, this is not for that. But overcoming, we see in the life of Paul, uh, that constant overcoming. I, I was reading the list of the things that he'd gone through when he was speaking to them on one occasion. It's 2 Corinthians 11 about all the hardships and difficulties and things that he faced and beatings and being uh, marooned at sea. and I mean, just a whole lot. But there was something that was at work in him which was not about the strength of his personality. It was about something of the vision of God's purpose that had been birthed in him that actually becomes a motivating factor to take him on. Nehemiah was the same. He's building this wall. It looks impossible. He's got detractors. He's got people that are trying to work against him. But he caught hold of something. He'd seen something. Let's come back again. What am I saying? we need vision we need increase in vision we need adjustment in vision vision is vital yeah now don't disturb anybody if they're sleeping peacefully but if they're not just gently say to them vision is vital probably the person next to you I don't need to go beyond that (laughs) right we really, uh, really appreciate Ben. Emphatically wanted to do what I suggested. And we'll pray for your healing, Owen, afterwards, okay? All right. When I think about this, this sort of internal false driving, do you remember the salmon story? Can I read it to you again? The story of the salmon. We've, we've looked at it before. For up to four years... At sea, after four years at sea, the salmon heads back to it. I'm talking about the fish, all right? I know we live a long way from the sea, but, you know. <laughs> the salmon heads back to the exact birthplace to reproduce and die. In determination to get there, leaps waterfalls up to 10 feet high, fasts, the gut shrinks and the reproductive organs enlarge, becomes overcomes all manner of obstacles, rocks, fishermen, predators, rapids, water flowing against them, with a great sense of destiny to get there and die. don't remember, they don't remember, but there's an instinct, there's something that drives that's on the inside. Can't describe what it's like, but they're drawn to the source. The journey actually tests the quality of heart as they swim upstream. The bear grabs their brothers. Rocks may damage them, but they continue. There's a destiny in the journey, a finished mentality, great mission, great purpose. When they get there, there's no doubt or wavering. It's a call to death, which produces life. Even after death, they dissolve and their nutrients feed the next generation. You know, as we invest in a life-changing kingdom, we become a world-changing people. But we need vision for that. We focus on Jesus, not the task. We have an overcoming mentality. We have a vision for what God sees. Not where we are now. Not where we are now. Thank God, he didn't, his vision wasn't limited to where we were. His vision was limited to where we can be. We can be one of his own. We can come to be part of his kingdom. He sees beyond. And we... The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. We are a people who are destined to have a vision that affects us and directs us and controls even how we live our lives. So that we look out beyond ourselves. We see more. It's an overcoming mentality. A vision for what God sees, not where we are now. Helps us to break through boundaries. Just think about some boundaries. Fear. Inconvenience, preference, natural. None of these. In fact, what God's purpose is very interesting in uh, Zechariah 8 verse 23. He talks about somebody's not just uh, motivated themselves but are carrying something that causes others. It says, in that day... Ten men of all nations will catch hold of the hem of one Jew and say, let us go with you, because we perceive God is with you. We're talking about vision that enables us to be influenced upon other people. All right, that's enough about that. How, anybody interested in this? How do we get it? Hmm? How do we get it? Yeah? Yeah? So, if you're not interested, you have a little sleep. But otherwise, how do we get it? All right. Mm. You can't get it by... If I read more chapters a day or pray for longer or if I'm kinder to my family or neighbours. There's nothing you can do other than ask. It's like revelation. In fact, it is revelation. It comes from God. But here's the good news. There's a principle in the kingdom of God that talks about asking. It's the principle of confession of need. I ask because I don't have. I ask because I need. It's a principle of the kingdom and God promises to fulfil it. Of course, as I just said, you don't ask for something if you don't need it. That's why I've been talking in the last little bit about the absolute need for it. Because realistically, nobody's going to ask for a drink if they're not thirsty. We have to come first to the clear understanding. There's something, oh, well, I have vision, but I could do with more vision. Or I could do with vision, which I know is about what God wants rather than what I want. If you see, if you recognise, if God is speaking to you, that there are, you're recognising a need then you've got this kingdom principle. And you can recognise a need if you are honest with yourself and basically end up saying I'm more focused on me and my life and my struggle than other people that are around about me or anybody that may cross my way. I'm more focused on my objectives, my ambition, my career, my education, my family, my money, any of those things. If you know... By the power of God, by the convicting of the Spirit of God, that actually there needs to be an adjustment in your vision. All you have to do is confess and ask. This is not something which is an impossible thing. This is something that God wants us to have. I remember some years ago, um, there's a guy I was discipling, and uh, he's very frustrated. He said. How is it that you always seem to see things before I do? I don't. I, I mean, he was quite upset. What? Why is it? What is it? So I said, do you want to see more? Are you prepared to lose a bit of focus on yourself? He said, yes. So we prayed. He was amazed. It wasn't that he could do anything different. It was something was happening on the inside from God because he was turning from self to actually receive from God what God wants us to have, a vision which takes us beyond that focus on self. If we always assume that somebody else is dealing with it or doing it, that's an indication of a lack of vision. Somebody else, oh, they'll reach out. Somebody else, they'll, they'll get alongside. Or it'll be taken care of in some way. We come back to this. You know, we can end up living like the priest or the Levite or the good Samaritan. We need to know, my brothers and sisters, I mean, know in ourselves. Why am I here? What am I here for? What is God's purpose? Am I just here to go to work? To earn the money, to buy the food, to give me strength, to go to work, to earn the money, to buy the food, to give me strength. What a a pathetic existence. God lifts us out of that. We need to know who we are. And we need, therefore, to come into that place that God has ordained for us, that we impact others through being related to them and having compassion for them. God impresses something. This is is how it can come. I'm talking about how do you gain. Number one, you ask. and Then God can do various things. Something gets impressed upon you. Something stands out. You remember Moses? I mean, it wasn't unusual for the bushes to be burning in the desert. But one day, he saw something that was not that unusual but was drawn to it. I mean, I, I, I find this is fun. I might come in like a gathering like this. I think, hmm, Lord, what what have you got? Who who do you want me to reach out to? It's a great place to practice. It's a practice place. Then we're in a much better place when we're walking down the street to know, hmm, God wants me to do this. We practice here. We practice in our community. Not only in the meetings, but in our life as a community. Very important. And then you get you know the other things. You know, we were here and again, reminded last week of uh, Sally. And uh, was it last week or sometime recently? The time she ended up giving her sandwich to, to the, the person that, that she saw was, was down and out and hungry. Something impressed her. That happened to be God stirring and giving vision. Then we heard about Lisa. She looks at the park. I don't think it was the first time she ever saw the park, but something impressed upon her. It's so easy when it's God doing it. It's just walking with him. During the week, we're hearing again the story of uh, the Ebola in in Sierra Leone and, and what God impressed gave vision instead of hiding, escaping and trying to stay safe, a vision that led them to step out in the most uh, unadvisable way, to expose themselves to the great risk in favour of doing the thing that God said. And as a result of that, many, many lives were saved. You know, we use that phrase with vision. It helps us to love enough to care what's happening, to be close enough to know and to willing to be Willing to pay the price. Love and compassion comes first. Now, let's just take a little word about asking, because I think, am I right? Some of you might be up for asking. Uh, It's a biblical principle. Um, There's another principle, which we're not so keen on, and that is persistence. You know? If I was really thirsty, and I said to Neil... Let's say Neil had this water there, and I said, Neil, can I have a drink? Neil, can I have a drink? Neil, let me have a drink! Neil, what have I just been? Persistent. Persistent. Yeah? Yeah, you got persistent. Do you need it in Portuguese? No? You okay? Spanish? <laughs> Biblical principle. Remember. Uh, the story of the man who wanted bread and the parisher wouldn't go away until he got it. So in the end, you had to get up and give it to him. It's making a point. It's using an everyday thing to make a point. I don't know why. I'm not God. But he wants a people who be persistent in asking. So this is how we get it. Okay? Being persistent. How do we do it? Comes in different ways, yes. Let's just remind you God has a plan for you personally. He has a plan for us all together. He's also got a plan for you personally. Very, very key. Interesting, again, looking at some of the scriptures, um, the the kind of close and personal direction in the purpose of God. Uh, In Acts 18, he says to Paul, stay where you are. No harm's going to come to you. I've got some people set up to look after you. I mean, it's not only a direction, but a quality of how he's going to be cared for. So asking, hearing God, and of course, always we see what God's doing. Remember what Jesus did. He never did anything of his own volition. He saw what God was doing, and he just got behind it. That's what we're doing. We're looking to see. What do you want, Lord? Who do you want me to show your love to? so that we get behind what he's doing. Like that also, like the men of Issachar. We want to know the, the times and the seasons. God's been very good to us, guys, like that. Do you remember, a little while ago, God spoke to us about harvest time? Yeah? Do you remember that? And then we came up with Alpha, Big Alpha. Yeah? And then we were hearing this week, since that time, was it 17 people? have come to know the Lord. See, God wants us to be part in the vision and part of his purpose so that we can actually have the joy of walking and working with him. Vision is seeing as he sees. It's about turning from old doctrine. Not about escape, it's about impact. Now let's just kind of wind this up. Here's the good news. Once you're born again in the Spirit of God, there's, remember, all things are made new. There's like a, a new spiritual DNA. There's a new, different DNA. Whatever your character is, whatever your background is, there's something additionally that comes in. We are designed to think the thoughts of God. We are designed to catch, enter into the mind of God, to do the works of God. That's part of what we get with this great salvation this is not a sit down and wait till Jesus comes this is about being part of an ongoing advancing kingdom army demonstrating what he's like it's intended that everybody have vision vision accepts no boundaries breaks through we just talked about Jericho it sets back the boundaries of of rationale of unbelief, of logical thinking. You know, the great uh, speech, probably one of the greatest of all times, Martin Luther King, I have a dream. He saw something. He didn't see the details, he could imagine how it might work out. But he saw something that was a motivating force. We don't necessarily know and see all the details. Sometimes I think it's possible that we can kind of dream our way into the the mind of God, that God will show us things and reveal things. Sometimes he does it that way. But let's remember where we've been birthed, the family that we've been birthed into in the spirit. Uncle Jonathan and his armour bearer. He's my uncle and his armour bearer with him. My cousin David, you remember the one who said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living gods? My brother Jesus, who for the joy set before him. You know, this is the DNA. This is what he's placed within us. Cousin Aphroditus, who staked everything on the roll of a dice. That is a great heritage, the spiritual heritage And Uncle Caleb, who at 85, says, give me this mountain, give me this difficult place that I may yet enjoy proving God. So here's my question. What compelling picture do you have of a preferable future? What is God sowing in your heart in the now present where you are, a compelling, motivating picture. I'm asking the question, what compelling picture do you have of a preferable future in the goodness and mercy of God? If it's not clear, if the answer is, hmm, we're back to where we started. You need it, God will give it. You have to ask for it. God is a God, of vision. God is God that imparts vision. And I'd like us to conclude in responding this song that we've used recently. This is the God. No shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. No wall you won't kick down lie you want tear down coming after me you see this is a, a, a great description of the vision he had for you alright help me again little nudge to somebody you know what he just said God has that vision for you All Right, let's go back to the beginning two things we need vision we need ever refreshing, increasing, renewing vision is vital. We can ask for it and get it, whether it's by way of a correction of what we've got or something that God will add to us. If you want a written summary, I've said you can get it afterwards. Let's have that song.